0: Interrupt this program to bring you...
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Guys Live, the only YouTube and podcast show you should be watching in regards to movies and television, everything you need to know for the week. My name's Kevin, and joining me are the greatest minds of the Real Movie Guys universe, say hello to the camera, Adam. Hello. And we got John joining us over there. Hello. And last but not least, Julie. Hi. So, guys, welcome back. We're on episode number five of Real Guys Live. Did not think we'd make five episodes in. I know I said that with four. Really surprised that we made it to five. You guys seem to be liking this show. We're doing pretty good so far, so I I like the way it's coming together. I see something forming. I got something special here. I know everybody else is having a good time as well. So before we kick off the show, I'd love to ask everybody, what have you been watching? What do you guys want to share with the audience today that you've been checking out for the week? Uh, Let's start with you, Adam. What have you been watching this week?
0: Uh, Let's see. I watched the first Harry Potter movie again, uh, going down that rabbit hole.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I'm going to just continue on the marathon. That's um, good. That's
1: smart. I like that.
0: And I think the only other thing notable is that I, I, we uh, rewatched that. I think I mentioned it a few episodes ago, but the Owl House on yeah. Disney Plus. Right. Right um i rewatched that entire series again because new episodes are coming out yeah
1: you know it's funny once you brought it up i actually saw what it was because i'm like what is Mm -hmm. the owl house i saw like trending i think on twitter or something like that and i clicked i'm like oh that's what the owl house is it actually looks pretty cool and that's on uh, people should watch that right that's on disney plus Yes, yeah, it's
0: streaming on Disney Plus, and I think the new episodes are coming out on Disney Channel. But the majority of it's currently on Disney Plus.
1: Okay, and like, what is it about? Like, if someone was interested in, ch- is it like, from what I got, it looked like a Harry Potterish kind of thing. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, that's
0: that's probably pretty accurate. I would say. Um, I guess I have a theme this week. Um, yeah, apparently that's cool. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, about this girl. She uh, basically leaves the real world, and she finds this world of you know magical beings that okay. some. Uh, some of the magic you know creeps into the real world and stuff like that and there's a whole bunch of antics that go on and it, it's a very entertaining show
1: that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah so that, yeah. that that comes recommended by adam i'm definitely gonna check that out maybe i'll have something to say about it uh next episode when i get take a look at it
0: i look forward to it yeah
1: all right john <laughs> it's your turn man what do you got for me what have you been doing with all your free time over there
2: oh yeah my free time
1: <laughs> I've been watching well baseball finally came back this week oh my god so this is that. wrong channel man get out of here
2: so this is a right channel. We talk about Harry Potter. You're a, a Mets, you're a Mets
1: fan, right?
3: Mets no, fan Yankees over there? Fan. No, he's, yeah, a a he's a Mets fan. He's a Mets fan. M E T S Mets, Mets,
1: Mets. Mets. Like oh everybody knows. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So, what have you really been watching that actually matters of substance this week? I've, I've been trying to rewatch all the Batmans. All the Batmans? All right. So, where'd you start? What'd you start with? The first one, obviously. All the way back in the day. You went back to Adam West? I did. No, you didn't. Bull well, BS. You didn't go back to Adam I did. I watched.
2: I watched two of them so far.
1: Well, you watched uh, what the Tim Burton original Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, and then I watched the one right after that one. I've been trying to go through them in order, but oh, Batman Returns, the Penguin. Yeah. So, yes. so how's that aged, given like? you know, with with the way, like, the new movie is versus... I I have a a soft spot for those movies, I'm not gonna lie, especially, like, comic book roots and stuff like that. Not even that, like, just pure nostalgia, man. Like, I remember, like, the VHS copy of that going in there and, like, rewinding it a thousand times, and you can barely watch it anymore. Like, how do you think it aged as far as... I mean, in turn of what it is, it aged okay. Like, it's not amazingly... Like, you can't really
2: compare it to, like, the new Batmans coming out, but... It's not terrible. There's a lot of other movies that went down a worse path than that one.
1: <laughs> it's weird, because I feel like Batman, it's one of those rare instances where the character's been reinvented so many times that, like, you can go back, watch, like, Batman 1989 and Batman Returns and watch the new Batman, and they're just different experiences, right? It's I mean, not like they're bad or anything like that. It's just they're they're different. It's not it's almost, the same character.
2: It's also almost like comparing, like, the Batman movies to when they had the Batman TV show. right where the guys were like literally just wearing like, it looked like somebody bought it from a store and then they just threw it on. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna make a TV show. It's Batman now."
1: Right? Yeah, like fighting in my pajamas, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we literally were doing that <laughs> at some point. But uh, I know Batman. It's available on HBO Max, I believe, right now. I think everything's streaming on there. I want to say I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh if not the new the Batman is actually going to be streaming on HBO Max on the 14th which is coming up soon so mark your calendars for that. If you haven't gone to the theater that that's cool. Adam, Adam did you see it? Did you go see it yet? No.
0: No, I did not. Because
1: we talked about it. He's like, oh, I'm going to go see it. I'm like, well, you know it's coming out, right? And he's like, oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, I had no idea. So (laughs)
0: that's good. Good call. Good good, good
1: call. So yeah, if you want to save the money, just get a cheap HBO Max subscription. I think they have like the the seven-day ones if you don't feel like spending the money. This is the time to do it. If you're going to do it, do it for the Batman for sure. Julie. What have you and I been watching? Because it hasn't been very much. we got to be honest with the people at home. We've been so busy with some real life stuff going on, which we'll talk about at some point. But uh, yeah, you know, we've had a lot going on. What have we been looking at? I don't even know.
3: Um, We've been like finishing up a bunch of shows that we watched. Like uh, we just finished Our Flag Means Death, um, that British uh, pirate comedy show on HBO Max, which is really good. I mean, I don't know if they um, announced the season two yet, but it definitely left you with a cliffhanger. Um, so I would love to see that come back. Um, and then we just started. Well, I fell asleep during the first episode, so we had to rewatch it last night. Um, it's a true crime um, limited series on Netflix. Jimmy Savile, uh, British horror story. It's about this like iconic like British television radio personality. Uh, they haven't gone too much into the allegations yet, but it, it's crazy to see like the impact that he had on the country, like he had the ears of the royals, of the prime minister, was doing a really, a lot of great work, um, you know, charity wise, rebuilding hospitals. Um, unfortunately though, he seems to be a horrible person. Um, so we're gonna go into that, but I I love anything true crime, um, especially stories that I've never heard about before. So I've never heard of Jimmy Savile or this story at all. So I'm really curious to see how this
1: unravels. Right. It's interesting because I think th- he has more influence, obviously, in the UK as far as a person because there he was a big DJ personality over there. And DJs during that time, I think it was like the 60s, 70s era, I want to say. Right. I, I believe it was around that anyway. He, well, the- he went all the way through like the 90s yeah, he was relevant he's relevant for a very long time. I mean, he was a huge person television, yeah, and television, he had like a a charity show where he would give uh, like he would say, like, oh, what do you want from me or whatever what do you want from Uncle Jimmy or whatever it was, something like that. It was um
3: Jimmy saves it or something like that. So these kids would write in almost like to Santa Claus, like, Jimmy, can you save it? Like I want it and it be, it could be anything like this one little boy wanted to take his teacher out to a night's dinner. So he arranged in, the kid got to take his teacher out or like the one girl wanted to be a police woman in front of the prime minister's house. So he would do all those, not like make a wish, but kind of like, you know, these kids would have these wishes and he would grant them for them. Um, So like crazy to see, you know, like all the good that he was doing, but probably using that clout to do wrong.
1: Yeah, I think he's a monster for sure. Uh, We didn't get to exactly what happened, but I'm sure it's not too great. Uh, But yeah, we've been watching that. Uh, That seems to be interesting. I'm curious to see where the turn goes with that show. That that is available on Netflix. It just came out recently. Uh, We've also been watching Naruto. We've been continuing that. I've been torturing Julie with Naruto. Still...
3: Not torturing,
1: but You know, some anime... we'll, We'll talk about an anime actually later in the show. There was a trailer for something that came out, but... You know, when you really look at anime, they especially with limitations in animation earlier on, you have to appreciate how far we've come. Cuz with Naruto, and I think a lot of longer running anime is like this. There's so many flashbacks just to use for filler. Like I'm talking like something that happened 2 minutes ago. I think I saw it like 30 times literally at this point and it's just like you're bogging down the story and Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's bad and you know, it's it's I I've watched this I've watched this half before. I haven't watched Shippuden As much I've seen like bits and pieces, like I know what happens obviously up to the end, but like between there and then, I'm a little like you know I don't know what's going on. But Naruto, hasn't aged as well. And some of that animation, like there's some episodes where it's like wow, you really just you outsourced that Uh, that that's ugly. Uh, Which also the show gives us some of the best animation too. Uh, I think the animator of Wolf Children has a couple like really big episodes in there where he did like the I know if if you're familiar with the Naruto Gara versus uh, Rock Lee. There's a fight animation sequence, which is absolutely beautiful. Even to this day, it still looks absolutely beautiful. But it's a shame like the whole show's not like that. You get really like waning quality, which everything has, even Dragon Ball, me being a huge fan. I have to admit, there's some Dragon Ball Z episodes where you're like, yeah, I don't want to watch that. But I've been watching something, and it's actually something we're going to talk about, and I know everyone else had to watch it because I told them. We're going to be talking about Moon Knight. First two episodes finally here. Mark Spector is back. Well, maybe Mark Spector's back. Uh, I've been waiting for this show. So, Adam, I know you're a huge Moon Knight fan. We've talked about this before. Yes, we have. We have. And so give, give us a little bit about Moon Knight, like in the context of who he is as a character. Like, what 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 are people expecting? Now, the show's just started streaming on Disney+. Plus. We're about two episodes out as of the time of this recording.
0: Well, I know there's a lot of comparisons to batman yes being that moon knight is like Mm. the batman of marvel right which i guess to a certain extent it is true i guess but it's not it's at all
1: it is it's it's interesting so moon knight's a character that's been reinvented a couple times at this Mm -hmm. point uh early moon knight if you were to tell me like read his like first initial introduction and run he's batman 100 percent. he's batman there's no doubt later and i think more up to more recently which i would when i was doing research just to you know take a look at some of the comics i've missed because i only read really moon knight up until his introduction into civil war and i kind of like you know i read a little bit of like mark specter's journey there and got some you know information there uh he's changed a lot since then and i think it's for the better and the show seems to be drawing from that so let's let's just dive into the episodes uh so episode one we got the goldfish problem which i absolutely love uh, this pretty much introduces us to Stephen Grant, who is, you know, presumably Moon Knight. You know, we don't find that out really until the end. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of spoilers here. Again, it's the first two episodes. I don't think there's any, like, huge plot damning things, really, at this point. Um, if I you've seen so. the trailer, it's you, you pretty much know what you're getting. And that's what these first two episodes give me so far. If anything, they don't give me enough information. But, again, something we'll maybe we'll talk about a little bit. But, um, yeah, we're introduced to Stephen Grant, who's actually played by Oscar Isaac. Uh, I really like the introduction to this character a lot. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac steals the show for me. Uh, John, what did you think of Oscar Isaac so far? You know, again, just we'll go by, you know, we'll go the first two episodes. Again, we have the goldfish problem, and I believe episode two was, I'm totally, totally prepared for this, Summon the Suit, which we'll, again, we'll talk about both, but what do you think of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight? Are you buying this character? What do you think? Yeah, I'm buying it so far. It's I
2: f- when I start first started watching the just the whole first episode i was kind of like confused too cuz it was like a interesting way to start it and then like i always feel like first episodes of shows they try to put all this new stuff in and then you're just kind of like confused mm-hmm. so it takes me a little while to get through like to get like the third episode to get like understand it right but it seems good so far like it was a very A lot to take in and a lot of stuff like I don't
1: know yet. Right. So who is this for? I think that's going to be like the ultimate question that most people who, you know, come across our channel, even come across Moon Knight want to know, do you have to be a Marvel fan to love this show? I don't think so. Not at least not necessarily yet. I mean, there's like a little bit of tie in here and there, but it's not real. I feel like it's the most separated out of everything we've seen from the Marvel Universe, which is good. I think we need a little bit of separation. I can't miss you if you don't leave, as they always say. You know, I got to I I need a little bit. I need a little bit of space. I need my time. Uh, Moon Knight, if you're a fan of things like Fight Club I think uh memento, those kind of stories where you know, unreliable narrators, uh, disjointed storytelling where you kinda of have to put some pieces together. I think you're really gonna have a good time with this. And I think with the first episode, that that gave us a lot of that. Julie, now what did you think? Now you're a huge Oscar Isaac fan, which come to no one's surprise. But uh <laughs> what did you think of what you saw so far from Moon Knight?
3: Yeah, I mean, I have really no knowledge of the character of Moon Knight other than what you've told me. Um, Oscar Isaac, of course, steals the show. Um, he did a really good job. Um, I love his comedic timing. It's not over... Like, I know, Kevin, you mentioned you didn't really like the comedy. I felt like it was just the right amount compared to, like, the usual Marvel quippiness. Um, because Stephen Grant, at least, is supposed to be quirky and awkward. Um And it's really interesting to see that shift between Steven and Mark. And you're like, all right, Mark means business. You don't want to like mess around with Mark. Um, The first episode alone, um, we were talking like so much happens in that first episode from start to finish. I really like, sometimes I have to think, wow, that was only one episode of television. Like you get introduced to the character but then you're all over the map. A lot of action, a lot of character introductions. I'm really curious to see where it's going to continue to go now, you know, after the second episode, summoning the suit, Um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I like that it's going to be taking us to different places that we haven't really gone to in the Marvel universe. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to be careful of spoilers, but I'm really enjoying it so far.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and I think we should be clear, too, also. So the, the, the show starts out with a character called Stephen Grant. That's who we're introduced to. Uh, mild manner guy, works in a museum, a little off, a little, a little funny, a little meek. You know, I, I like him. I like, I like his character a lot. Uh, we get introduced to him, and then we start to find out he's got some weird quirks, right? We start to see he uh, ties himself to the bed at night. He, he tries not to fall asleep. This character, he's trying to stay awake the whole time, doing whatever he can to stay awake. And whenever he falls asleep, something crazy happens, where he ends up in another location. Uh, there's one where he ends up with, like, blood all over his fist, not knowing. Uh, there's a transportation scene where he's taken to a whole other country, it looks like, uh, his jaw, like, dislocated. Like, what happened? And we see this throughout the entire show, which, again, I know I made the comparisons to, like, Memento and Fight Club. There's a reason that I made those comparisons. It, it is those. It's, it's definitely taking heavy inspiration from this. And throughout the episode, you know, it's interesting because, again, I don't know how spoilery this is, but Stephen Grant, the character we're introduced to, technically isn't the main character of this story. Uh, again, whether that that's going to change, I don't know. Uh, especially, I know, Adam, were you confused when you saw Stephen Grant maybe more than um, Mark Spector? Since Mark Spector is usually who we associate with Moon Knight as the main character.
0: Yeah, I would probably say just the direction as to what we were, they were going mm-hmm. was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess, I mean, I'm okay with it still, but it's just, it's interesting to see what they decided to uh, go with.
1: Yeah, because Stephen Grant, it's funny, we talked about the Batman comparison, Stephen Grant is pretty much, in the comics, he's closely associated as, like, the Bruce Wayne character of the story, he is, like, he's the another mask Mark Spector utilizes, another personality to kind of, like, sneak into different areas he's like the sophisticated aristocrat kind of character uh he also has another personality which we're not we're not going to talk about that because that, that hasn't shown up yet but um this is a character who's deeply disturbed which that's where we get into some interesting things now john what do you think of the the the, the portrayal of disassociative personality disorder uh cinema has never been too gentle with it uh, I don't know how gentle Moon Knight's being with it. What do you think of its portrayal? It is a mental illness. Do you think they're disrespecting it in this show, or how do you feel? I know it's kind of like a touchy subject, but it's something we really kind of got to talk about. You know, I, I've seen people actually flipped on this on social media with with their, their takes. I mean, I think yeah, it's a touchy
2: subject, but I don't think they're like in doing it in distasteful way. I think they're doing it very like tastefully done but trying to show you like what can happen but not in like a in your face kind of way or like oh here are all the facts behind what we're doing but they're just trying to like interpret it into the show okay for a sec
1: yeah, I mean they're 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 giving a take. What what do you think, Adam? Do you think because Moon Knight again, there's been controversies even with the comic with the way it's been portrayed. Like again, the ro- the uh, run I read up into the Civil War, it was more of Mark Specter is just like I'm a sociopath, I'm insane. Later on, we start to see like more, uh, I guess like a gentler kind of change in the character. Uh, Which we'll go talk about that. And for that happens Uh in episode two. But um, we we get to see different personalities change. What do you think? How do you think they're handling the the whole personality disorder? I think
0: they're doing honestly the best that they can because I I think they're explaining it to the point where they're showing us why he has this dual personality going on. And I, I think that's the right direction because that's really... That all you can do is just explain why things are happening the way they are, right? And it just—I think it, it works for the uh, the Marvel Universe.
1: Yeah, itself. yeah. And I don't feel like it's played for laughs necessarily. It's like this is the right. character that has these issues, and this is how he would deal with these issues. Um, mm-hmm. They bring up when he's first taken over uh, they, in one of the episodes. They talk about like why again they haven't gone into too much details about the backstory of Mark Spector We're only getting fragments, which is you know relative to the storytelling that they're telling here. Uh, Kenosha, uh, I can't even say his name, Khonshu, Khonshu, Khonshu. I've been having, we were before the podcast, I was joking around, I'm like, I'm going to say like Kenosha, it sounds like a country, (laughs) I don't know why, I know who it is, but I say the wrong thing, Uh, Khonshu, they explain like why he would have taken over Mark Spector's mind, because it's already damaged, so it would have been something he could easily manipulate take that for what it is but i think that's an interesting perspective we don't really have in the marvel universe with any other character everyone's pretty much you know either like the super soldier or the god of whatever or mild-mannered peter parker swinging around a spider-man we don't really get many damaged characters Uh, i mean you do have deadpool who's loosely connected but his is more just like silly and nonsense moon knight's actually dealing with some like serious mental issues and I i think that's a more interesting take whether or not it's disrespectful or not I think it will lead to the person and how they feel about it, especially if you deal with it more closely with someone, you know, but I, I think they're handling it. Well, what do you think, Julie, as far as, you know, their handling of the material with it?
3: Yeah. I mean, I agree with Adam a lot. Um, this, you know, they're, I think they're doing the best they can. And at this point, I feel like I'm more preoccupied with, and I'm going to, I know Adam just said the person's name and I can't remember how to say it now. The God, God,
0: Konshu. Konshu, Thank
3: you. <laughs> we all
1: have a hard time um, with Conchu.
3: <laughs> It really is. So you have Steven and Mark who have you know, D.I.D. and then there's Konshu on top of that who's really pulling the strings. Um, so it gets blurry really. It's like who truly is in control. Um, I think, you know, it's doing it a little bit more tastefully than the movie Split. I know people like talk about that. I mean that's based off a true thing. But like you just have these two personalities at this point and they are conflicted. They are fighting for control. Um, especially like once Steven kind of realizes that, okay, I am sharing my mind with another personality. Like a lot of the pieces get put together. I think not that it makes him feel better because I definitely don't think he's in a great spot right now, Steven. Um, I think it helps, you know, make things a little bit, have a little bit more sense as to like, all right, I'm not tr- truly just crazy like there's a reason why these things were happening to me why i had this lost time it's because someone else was taking over the reins um and i'm curious to see how that gets further developed um i don't think it's being played for laughs i mean truly the laughs are mostly just coming from steven's personality quirks. um And the occasional back and forth that he has with Mark.
1: Um, Right, right. That's a key difference that I think we should make. Where it's not necessarily, it's not, we're not, the disorder is not being played for laugh. It's the characters themselves, their actions, their motive, you know, what they're doing. That's the laughter, not necessarily, not the disorder. You know, I'm not a doctor by, obviously, you know, I'm hosting a movie podcast. So clearly that's not my profession, but you know, I know this DID has always been an argued, Disorder you know since the very Early 70s I know it is like a diagnosable Thing Uh, like Julie mentioned the movie Split is technically based On a true story how you want to take that Is you know right to you But
3: it was like the 24 faces Of Billy Madigan or something
1: Yeah which is also streaming on Netflix Netflix. Yeah it's streaming on Netflix if you want to check it out It's it's an interesting watch just to see you know That that type of personality disorder But I think for the most part Moon Knight handles It very well you know I, I don't think there's Any issues with that but let's, let's, I, I think let's if ahead. anything,
0: yeah. before we continue, the uh, as the show goes on, we'll probably see the severity of it, right. especially like at the if you look at the end of the uh, second episode, it got really like intense. Right. So I think we'll see, you know, more come out as the show goes on, because, I mean, there's only been two episodes, so right. we don't really see
1: and we and we have to remember it's a marvel show let's have right. some fun you know i know we, we're, we're talking doom and gloom here but you know it is it is a marvel show let it have a little bit of fun give it some time to breathe have its own material get two episodes is only a little taste of what we're getting with the show um a couple things i just want to talk about then we'll move on from this is um the horror aspect is finally in the marvel cinematic universe uh Adam, I don't know how you were feeling about it. Were you were you shaking there a little bit with some of the the more horror oriented? I mean, it's not downright <laughs> scary, we'll be honest, but it's creepy. It's more than we've gotten from Marvel. I was
0: yeah. I had to keep reminding myself, this is a Marvel movie. This is a Marvel movie. It's All right. All right.
1: It's All okay. Right.
0: It's okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it does have a little like a uh, you know. The, the level of intensity is definitely higher in this show than it is in any other any of the other movies
1: yeah and i i would say as far as you know me you know i always talk about the cinematography this is probably the most beautifully shot marvel project i think i've seen uh as far as it really going into like i said we talked about the did we're talking about even the shots are portrayed that way uh everything is from like a split perspective uh you're looking at one thing might not be the exact way you're looking at there's a shot with um steven is in uh, the city and there's like a puddle and he's talking with um the the solid uh, the guy pretending to be a statue there's a scene where he just he talks to him and he never talks back um but you're looking at it from one level and wh- where, where you're looking at it looks like oh he's just talking to him normal but it's actually the reflection in the puddle when you see a leaf fall down and falls into the puddle just like a really cool like letting you know that like steven is not just telling you he's an unreliable narrator, but showing you that he's an unreliable narrator, knowing that what you're seeing might not be exactly there. I like how it leaves a lot of that to question.
3: Yeah, and a lot of the shots were really cool, the play, you know, playing around with reflective surfaces, um, the mirrors, the puddles. Um, I really like um, there's one scene where Stephen and Mark are having an argument um, as Stephen's now putting the pieces together and Mark's, you know, fighting for control to tell Stephen to take a back seat. And he finds like Stephen finds a gun in Mark's bag and you can see the reflection of Mark's eyes back at him. Ta- and like, that is just really intense, um, really great use of the visuals during their argument. Um, even circling back to the horror um, like there are some creepy parts to this you know i know the cgi was definitely iffy um but that scene in the storage lockers as the lights play reminded me of um resident evil with that big guy that chases you constantly
1: all over the place nemesis yeah julia yeah
3: I, i know nemesis scared the crap out of me watching you play the games and that gave me nemesis vibes even the um the jackal um in the museum when it was i hate anything that can like crawl up on ceilings and stuff like that that just freaked me out um so really beautifully shot show um just they really you could tell like the amount of thought that gets put into each scene um which is really cool i'm very um, excited especially now that we're going to a new location in egypt to see like you know what they play around with um in that setting
1: Right, I think this is, again, it's one of the most beautifully shot Marvel shows as far as anything I've seen. Uh, very, very interested in showing like context clues to the story. Marvel always loves to throw Easter eggs in. I think this show, maybe more so than any, uh, uses them most effectively, where they're not necessarily like, oh, remember this Marvel character? It's more like a little clue to the story. Like, you know, Stephen gets a, a postcard from his mother, but Mark hasn't talked to his mother in years. Or the goldfish, you know, he, he has a goldfish, which is like Nemo, from Finding Nemo, he's got like a little fin he's there, he comes back like another day he's fine again, like what happened and then he goes to return the goldfish and he finds out like, oh, well you came back and got another one, who's to say you know, it's very interesting, a lot of his conversations are one-sided, which I also like too Uh, you see a lot of Steven just talking to inanimate, like the, the statue guy I mentioned before, he never talks back to him, he just talks at him and kind of rationalizes his own thoughts, which again, very different for a Marvel show it's not something we've seen uh but Julie did touch on something which I, I have to talk about. The CGI is absolutely terrible in the show. I'm sorry. Like as much as I really wanted to ignore it, and I tried, right? Uh Adam, how did you do with it? Um I, I had a hard time. Especially I, the action scenes. Yeah,
0: I mean I noticed it immediately. It's it seems to be a trend with the Marvel shows yeah. at least. Even um, more so.
1: Maybe this more so than the movies, I think. A lot yeah, of no,
0: I, I'd agree with that. It was it was pretty blatant, especially like the the one car chase scene at the uh in the first episode. It was it was pretty rough. Yeah,
1: yeah. and you know, I mean Moon Knight we we have to talk about his costume at some point, which we will talk about, but it just didn't look great john what did you think as far as the visuals um i know we, we've we talked about this were you able to ignore it or did it bother you how much it stood out
2: no it kind of bothered me especially when it was so noticeable at some points when you're just like all right now that's all i'm kind of <laughs> like i'm trying to get into the story but then i'm noticing all these like terribly shot things and i'm like all right like especially some of just some scenes with cgi were just like well that's so blatant
1: yeah let's talk about the second episode john so for the second episode we see moon knight battle uh the and uh, the um the jackal dog well we kind of see him battle the jackal dog it's invisible the whole time now i i don't know about you right but i think they did that on purpose i think to kind of be like well we don't we can't really afford this we want to kind of use our cgi more accurately do you think the jackal choice was done just for budget reasons just to make him invisible
2: oh. oh yeah and i think that it almost like they almost tell you that in a way of showing you hey we're gonna go back and show you the footage of what happened on that day and they showed nothing like no shadows no nothing so it's like they definitely didn't want to show you their Per take on the jackal, I felt
1: like. Right. What do you think, Adam? I, 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 again, they try to explain it away in the story, like, oh, well, no one can see him but him, but I I don't know, man. I was having a hard time with that one a little bit.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like in the second episode when he's like fighting the jackal, and he's like the only. Yeah, they don't even like. They barely show the fight.
1: No, they don't. Yeah, and it's funny when they slam him into the car. They slam uh, Mister Knight into the car, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, you see like the car looks fake, which which is fine, I'm okay with that. You could tell like the car was like light as hell when they threw him into it. Mm-hmm. But there there's nothing there. Like come on guys, even when he see like they're CGIing him in the fight against nothing. Like right. that that bothers me a little. Like I'm sorry, like give me I rather it look cheesy with practical effects versus what you're giving me here cuz it looks pretty bad. Um let's talk about Moon Knight. So the character there's two costumes to the character of Moon Knight. Now, Mr. Knight seems to be breaking the internet a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people are really in love with this character. Uh, I'm actually not that familiar with him, believe it or not, because, again, when I was talking about where I've read with Moon Knight, I kind of stopped before the iteration of the character came up. Now, Adam, are you more familiar with the Mr. Knight persona?
0: I am. Okay. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's i think a lot of people are upset because that's not in at least in the comics that's not how that suit works
1: that's what i understand too it's, yeah uh, it's just another persona of moon right Ra- that we're given right. how do you feel about it do you are you open to it are you
0: I, w- I was fine i was like okay yeah give steven you know some credibility i liked how he it gave him you know more confidence because at this point i'm like I'm on Steven's side and I want him to I want to see him succeed. So I was okay with it.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I can only go by it doesn't maybe offend me as much cuz again, I didn't read the source material. If I read the source material, maybe I'd be a little more inclined right. to be offended by it. Uh but Mr. Knight from what I could tell in the comics is more of like the detective kind of go-to gentleman fighter character and obviously he's uh now the comedy act. In uh, the Moon Knight show, where he's a uh, what is he? A messed up Colonel Sanders, something like that. He called him. Yes, yeah, something like Fucked that. Yeah. Colonel Sanders. I think yes. that's what it was. <laughs> uh, what do you? What, I know Julie. I know you were you were going crazy for this one when this one came up, and you don't even know the character, so that's kind of. Funny. I don't.
3: It was so great, and then just like the more you find out about it, the better it gets. Like I think you showed me, um, I'd like you know when he does a superhero landing and then he just falls over, and that was like an Oscar Isaac improv or you know input um and like adam said you root for steven so to see him have this confidence boost and he's doing his little you know light as a feather um you're like good for you dude um i just saw a twitter thread earlier where i was dying because like you know we had those promo photos of mr knight and he's got his sleeve rolled up and he's looking all intimidating and someone tweeted like oh you know you had a thirsting over mr knight and it turns out it's just fucking steven (laughs) like i'm like i love steven like I don't know even he makes the comment when he's talking to Mark like oh just because you're more handsome it's like you're the same person you're both equally as handsome
1: um, yeah, yeah I think that contributes to the whole show as well where they're they're the same right. person the but they have different confidence levels yeah it's
3: the confidence the persona the charisma but I love Mr. Knight I like you know it makes sense you know Mark has his Moon Knight persona and Stephen's gonna have his you know, equivalent. Um and they're gonna be different. They're gonna have their personalities reflected into it. Um, so I thought it was fun. But again, I've, you know, zero comic connection attachment um to these
1: characters. So I thought it was fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I again I have zero attachment, so I, I thought it was fine. You know, I could see why someone would be upset a hundred percent. I definitely could understand why. Uh when your series character is now a comedy act, it it kinda hurts, which, you know, <sighs> I have, a, I have an issue too. So with Moon Knight, I love the Moon Knight costume. I think it looks really cool. Again, the CGI just is, is horrendous really with it. I, I think it's unfortunate. They try to hide it with the uh, motion, the masking of night. It's hard, right? I mean, it's really hard to hide it. But maybe even more so, which I think there's a lot of irony to this. I don't know if anyone else is seeing this. They tried to make him less Batman. But now when I look at his face, I see Deadpool. It's, like, identical to the Deadpool mask, unfortunately. I, I don't know. I, I guess there's really no other way to go about it, because they do have similar masks. Uh, what did you think, Adam? Were you seeing some Deadpool vibes with the, the facial, you know? Yeah, it was just uses? at least with the, a lot of yeah. the
0: movements that he was doing, too, and, the you know, the size of the eyes. You know, they pretty much match up exactly. So, yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard to unsee, you know, unfortunately, which... I, I, it's hard right I mean that that's the right. character I think it's cool I, li- I like the glowing eyes uh, some people have said oh why didn't they do Batman like that because a lot of, you know Batman always has a lot of the hero mm-hmm. costumes have like the clear white eyes it doesn't always work and I think in Moon Knight's case it does work very well uh, Deadpool right. it's worked as well where he's more of a comedy act but in Moon Knight they did a good job uh, the costume's cool though I, I know I said I don't like the, I like the CGI, but I like the way it comes together, too. It, like, stitches itself together. Like, you see, like, the armor plates, like, move underneath. Very fluid, very cool. It's just the CGI is not there for it. So you... What, what do you do in that instance? Do you do, like, a transformation sequence? Like, record it once and then do it, like, you know, pull, like, an anime-style Sailor Moon where you transform... You know, you, you gotta find something to, to do it better, you know? And unfortunately, I don't think Moon Knight has that. But what it does have going for it, like we said, I think the horror aspects are really good. Uh, the acting portrayals are great. The uh, only other character we really get in this show uh, is we do get Ethan Hawke making his debut into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A lot of great mystery, a lot of great questions going on there. I can't wait to see what happens with Moon Knight. I think it's something we're going to continue to cover over the course of, you know, the next couple months. Or, yeah, I guess a couple months. It's got a little bit to go. Uh, it's something we're going to talk about, so I think we'll continue on. Uh, before we close out, anyone else have any, you know, thoughts on Moon Knight? Is there anywhere they want to see the series go? Anything like that? Uh, Adam, do you have anything you, you're looking forward to seeing, maybe? I uh,
0: Yes. I mean, I would like to see the suit more, but I guess it depends on, uh, I guess, the budget. Because, yeah. I mean, it seems like... At least the second episode that they were like really trying to not bring out the suit.
1: Yeah. Because they a didn't lot of bring...
0: that. Yeah. They literally
3: had an argument about bringing out the suit. And it's
0: like, bring out the suit. And it's like, I can't. So I want to see more of that action, um, which I'm sure we will at some point. Uh, right. The other thing I wanted to note was it's probably uh, a good point to say that the first like two episodes are the only thing that we've seen in the trailers. Like, yeah. so yeah. there's a lot of show that we still that nobody knows anything about, which is really good. I, cool. I really like that. aspect. Yeah.
1: I mean, the only thing they showed was uh, which we're introduced to towards the end of the second episode. Again, not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. He He's going to Egypt now. And we haven't really had an Egy- Egypt setting as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, we've dealt with Eternals and, you know, other gods, which is a whole nother question I have. Maybe we'll talk about later in the series where how do gods exist? Are they aliens, too? Or whatever the case is. A lot of questions in regards to that, but there's a lot to come. I can't wait to see that. I love ancient Egypt, so I can't wait to see how they deal with that mythology.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited to see like that mythos come into the Marvel universe. Um, I always found that really interesting, so I'm really excited to see it go down that route.
1: And how about you, John? Anything you're looking forward to seeing in Moon Knight? Anything? I'm just looking forward to seeing the rest of the series. (laughs) I was, I'm always curious
2: with these series now too. Like, how many episodes are each going to be? Because I feel like sometimes they cut them off shorter, mm-hmm. and some of them go a little bit longer than, they're, that's than they should. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good that, point. Yeah. I'm hoping that this one has, like, a decent run length. Like, sometimes you feel like you get into a show, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, now it's done. Here we go. We're, we may have a season two. We may not. We're just going to end it, like, right here. And it seems well, rushed together
3: we only have six episodes apparently i didn't realize
1: wow Wow, that's not i mean like six episodes well i guess that's why they're so careful with the budget there you know i I guess that that's kind of why you know they got maybe they're saving it for for the finale you know i don't know we'll see i mean marvel cgi it's just it's become a trend unfortunately but we'll see what happens i'm excited for moon knight can't wait to talk about a little bit more once we get some more information on it going from oscar isaac let's talk about something else that has to do with oscar the oscars themselves uh so a lot happened at the the oscars right uh honestly you guys i'm sick of it all right will smith smacked chris rock right we we all know what happened i I don't know what else really is to say i feel like there's no we're, we're losing the point of what the oscars are the oscars were the award show to celebrate all these movies that won and here we are just talking about will smith slapping chris rock i don't wait like...
0: other other stuff happened at the oscars besides that
1: <laughs> i know i can't Apparently. that's all it feels like it makes <laughs> me it, it, i'm sick of it i'm really tired and done with it uh we should just talk real quick about it though so the oscars uh coda won best picture which i think is really cool um i haven't seen coda yet that uh, is definitely on my list of movies to check out uh, you can check it out right now it is available on um apple plus i believe that that's where it is streaming it also is coming out on physical release so that's exciting too uh Dakota won uh, best winner uh, best supporting actor it was really cool for that to win uh, especially for our star wars fans out there if you're interested he was actually um i'm sorry i gotta pull up my information here uh the um uh i believe his name troy kotzer who won for best supporting actor he was actually one of the tusken raiders in the mandalorian season two and he kind of Helped create that sign language that they used. He was actually one of the main people that was used in, um, you know, conveying that the language of the Tuscan Raiders, which I think is awesome. Like, are we not celebrating how cool that is? Instead of talking about Will Smith, we should be talking about something like that. That's really, that's really cool, and you know, just nice to see. Um, I, I was impressed by that when I heard that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but my my main thing is so besides the Will Smith slide, we also have Dune clean swept the awards for the most part which i'm happy about you know me i, mean, I, I love dune was one of my best movies of the year uh it didn't win best picture or any of the acting categories uh, i don't know if how you guys i feel like I'm, this might be like a lord of the rings situation like maybe they're waiting for the end of the story once we get part two i can maybe see the awards starting to come out as far as maybe in the acting picture category i don't know if anyone else gets that vibe we could see that maybe uh, i know lord of the rings was the same way where they they were like no not this year not this year we'll give you everything but when your series ends, then we kind of give you the big award. So, we'll see. You know, it's interesting. But, I don't know. I, I was happy. Uh, was there any any was anyone surprised by any of the winners this year or anything like that? Um, Encanto won Best Animated Picture, which is really cool. I thought that was definitely the better of the couple films there. Um, I'm actually really interested in Drive My Car, uh, the foreign film winner. It was also nominated for Best Picture. I recently saw a trailer for that. It's streaming on Vudu, and I actually believe HBO Max as well uh i was more interested in that story uh, about i i don't really want to go too much into it but i, I thought it was really interesting i'm kind of curious um is anyone surprised by anything or not really do we not care <laughs> we care about will smith right
0: I, I was surprised as to how many movies <laughs> i still have not seen that one award <laughs> yeah
1: that's pretty accurate i mean belfast i haven't checked out at all yet you know that's still on my list um you know let's be honest here the award show is cringe right let's just it is as much as we don't want it to be and I, I hate it to be i can't find myself sitting through it to be honest i even see the i didn't even see the will smith thing happen in action because i couldn't sit through it it's just it's a cringe fest i'm curious to see who wins the awards i like the acceptance speeches the other stuff in between like amy schumer cracking jokes that she supposedly stole maybe didn't steal I don't want to hear that, man. Like, you know, I'm not, that's not for me. I know that's for Hollywood so they can get their rocks off, but I'm not really interested in that whole scene. Um, but I guess we should talk a little bit about Mr. Smith. So he did win a uh, best actor, which, you know, he probably did deserve. I, I didn't see King Richard, but I've heard nothing but good things, which I still do plan on checking out. I'm not going to not watch the movie because of what happened. Um, but his, so his punishment here is he's banned from the Oscars for 10 years and but he could still be nominated for best actor and win best actor. I just want to go around real quick. What do you? Oh god, John, John's John shaking his head up there. John, we're gonna start with you, man. What what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Is it stupid? Should I just been a plain ban? What do you think? Does the, does the punishment fit the crime? We're having a little trial here.
2: Listen, I don't think that I don't think that we have to worry about Will Smith showing up to the Oscars and for the next ten years anyway. He's never gonna win. He barely won this one on the skin of his teeth. He probably had to pay a couple people off.
1: Oh my god! We
2: all know that the Oscars is rigged. The whole thing is a big stunt. And the fact that they have that they had Will Smith sitting in the first row by himself with his wife, and that's like the only people within a hundred miles of them. We all knew something was going to
1: happen. They kept panning to him, like, "Oh no, let's see Will Smith's reaction." So you're under the firm belief that this whole thing was rigged. That's your firm belief. That this. Was all all right. We're
0: getting into conspiracy all theories. Right. I didn't think
1: we were going this path. You <laughs> see, this is what we're talking about. This is what I love, guys. We didn't talk about this. That's why we don't talk about it beforehand. So, John, you're uh, Mr. Conspiracy Theory over there.
2: Obviously, this has to be rigged. Come on. Who else is going to watch this crap? Next year, nobody's going to watch this. Oh, my God. Bunch I, of rich people talking about crap that we don't care about.
1: Okay, all Let's right. Let's get a couple slaps in here. Get a couple slaps. Get a couple views. Adam, you you think? What do you think? You think this is right? Listen,
0: man, I've seen the evidence. They're both <laughs> smiling immediately after the slap.
1: Is it an you... awkward smile though? Like if I went up to you and smacked you in the middle of like a bunch of people, like, would you, well, how do you react? You know what I well, mean? Will Smith wasn't smiling after. Chris Rock was. Yeah.
0: yeah. I I don't know. I, I I can't I can't tell. <laughs> well, Chris hey. Rock was smacked.
2: Chris Rock was smiling because Will Smith smacked him like a little bitch. <laughs> all
3: right,
1: and he couldn't believe that he just got smacked by Will Smith. I can't. I can't even do this right now. Um.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: it's one of those things. I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, John. I'll be honest, hundred percent honest with you. I thought it was fake too, right? Uh, like the initial like act, like when you see Will Smith go up there, he hits Chris Rock. Like, all right, this is fake. You know, this is all part of a scene why i don't think it's fake then was the follow-up which is the greatest meme ever on the planet right now is keep my wife's name are you mf a mouth like okay i don't think that was staged i i don't think when, when that follow-up i don't think was staged you know he could say he took the slap you know he can look at it from different angles oh he took the slap he was right bracing himself for it i don't think that's staged man you think that you, you really think that's staged that's why he won an Oscar for that moment right there. Exactly. He didn't actually win it for King Richard. <laughs> he won it for that acting right there. I don't know. I'm he
0: just... took the fall for the award, basically, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
1: it's it it's interesting this whole thing um but what do you think as far as so well let's go on the uh, hypothesis here this is real and this did happen what do you think of the punishment john 10 years you think you just should have been a permanent ban you think 10 years is fine i mean it's not even a big deal because he can still win
2: oh yeah that's why it doesn't really make sense it's like oh sorry you're not allowed to our party anymore it's like another one of those royal elite kind of things like oh you can't come dress up to our fancy gathering anymore yeah. Nobody. but he's not going to be there in 10 years anyway He's going to be like 60. yeah he's the not. fresh prince is dead
1: <laughs> oh my god uh adam what do you think man where are you where are you falling with this do you think punishment fits the crime
0: i i i don't know i genuinely don't uh because especially like what happens somehow some way if he ends up winning how awkward would that be But like <laughs> This is for Will Smith. <laughs> Obviously, he's not here right now. He's on a Zoom call. Uh, We're gonna we'll pull just him mail up. it to him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't think it does either. I'll be honest with you, Julie. What do you think? Are you? What are you on the fence? Think it fits? What do you think?
3: He should be banned and unable to win awards. Which I'm still very confused because I know before the Academy even banned him, he like withdrew himself, which made me think that he was withdrawing himself from receiving nominations. So if he can still win an award, then who cares? People choose not people who are nominated choose not to show up just because they don't feel like going, you know what I mean? So then what's the difference? And it's just, it's just crappy. Cause again, like we're talking about this when there were some really historic wins and those people's night just got overshadowed by the slap. Um, but, you know, my thing is who knows if he will even have the opportunities to win those awards. Cause Seems like every project he was attached to is dropping him.
1: Yeah, we've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Bad Boys, which was actually the first review on this channel, funny enough, we did the Me and John did the Bad Boys movie. Uh, that's he, that that's been dropped. Um, his show, he had a Netflix series. I think that was in development. I don't know if he was in it or he was producing. It's been dropped. Uh, you know, I think for right now, Will Smith's under a lot of fire. Uh, he's got a lot of issues apparently going on with his personal life. Whether or not that's related to Jada, that's totally up to you, and that's your opinion right now. Uh, But he's still his own man at the end of the day, and I think what his decision to go and assault someone on a stage—you can't do that, man. You can't do that. You know, I think the punishment—it's tough because he's—it's hard. where he's going to be? It's He's going to kind of be blacklisted from Hollywood, but I think it's a temporary blacklist. He's going to bounce back. He'll be fine. And. Probably a year or two, let's be honest, and we'll we'll see his name popping up again. He'll do some apology rehab thing and whatever. Whatever the case is, he'll bounce back. I don't think the punishment fits the crime. I think you assault someone on live TV, there needs to be some kind of punishment. I'm not saying jail time, but you're banned from the Academy. You shouldn't be able to be nominated even for an award show. This is a prestigious event here to celebrate people, and you're going up there attacking someone that, that dishonors the show and dishonors the other recipients of the award, in my opinion. But that's one man's opinion. What do I know? He's not the only guy who's been under a little controversy. Uh, you know, we're going to move on from the Oscars. I think I'm not going to probably bring it up anymore. I'm, I'm pretty much done. Uh, Ezra Miller is really um, messing up his career a little bit here, uh, especially now he's got The Flash, uh, Fantastic Beasts he's going to be a part of coming up. Uh, we saw, uh, according to Hawaii News Now, that's a source right there. I know you guys are interested in that. Uh, actor Ezra Miller was arrested on the Hawaiian island after an incident at a karaoke bar. Uh, apparently, Miller grabbed the microphone uh, from a 23-year-old woman who was mid-song and started, like, berating her uh, maliciously, you know, just going crazy. Uh, mis- disorderly conduct, a lot of harassment. Uh, he chased after them to their hotel room. Uh, this isn't the first thing I think we we've heard from him because I saw it started to escalate a little bit over the week. Like we had that incident and then we did see uh, Warner brothers actually had an emergency meeting in regards to Ezra Miller, which you never want to have on your resume right now, uh, especially with him being a part of these future franchises. More specifically, I think the flash uh, fantastic beast. We'll have to see how involved. I'm assuming he's going to be a part of that going forward. Uh, at least his character is, um, what do you guys think? You know, are you su- this Ezra Miller stuff? You know, I know there's not really much to talk about besides it is what it is. You know, he's, he's acting up. Uh, do you think he should be taken out of the series? Uh, Adam, what are you what are you thinking? Should we just cut, cut ties while we're ahead? You know, it's tough, especially with the flash coming out. It's been in developmental hell for like years. And now absolutely. And now all this is happening and you have a star that's unreliable. What do you do in this situation when this happens?
0: i'm i'm on the side of the people that want the tv show flash to replace ezra yeah, uh Dustin. what is it yeah. yes that's it uh wally west should replace him yeah i'm a, I'm a firm believer in that
1: firm believer i was i was believer in that to begin with we should have just did that i don't know why Yeah, that, that was, that's true too that was that, that should have never been a discussion um it just sucks right it yeah. really does you know you and a lot of it i don't know it's again it's hearsay i don't want to claim that i'm a source or anything like that but it's been said that Ezra Miller's the reasons for the flash delays have a lot to do with his antics on set, whether it's not showing up, um, being intoxicated, whatever the case may be. Uh, it sucks, I think. It th- sucks for fans of the flash because I thought he did a pretty decent flash. Take what you want out of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not my favorite one personally, but he did a good job and I wanted to see where they went with it. Now it kind of like loses taste. Uh, John, what do you think? Should the studio cut ties with him? Uh, what, what do you do in this situation? I think you just have to
2: cut ties. You have to cut your losses or they happen. Cause a lot of the times with a lot of these things, one little incident happens and then it leads to more serious incidents. And then this goes with big studios. When they have things that like this happen, it just gives people more incentive to go after. They're going to go after the higher ups then too. And then that cuts into the budget of studios and you can there's so many actors and actresses out there that really will walk, play these roles that this that he's going into. So it gives more opportunity to people that are actually good people, good characters and deserving of the spot. Right. Instead of like this
1: yeah it's just disres- like we said with the oscars it's disrespectful you know you're doing a craft here you're doing a job and you're being disrespectful to everyone on set that's there to show up i mean he's not the first actor to do it we, we see a lot of actors uh, johnny depp which you know he has his share of issues as well was another actor where this kind of happened uh you know it, it sucks uh, julie what are you what are you thinking on ezra should we cut a ties with him let him keep going what do you think give him a chance maybe give him a chance to rehab yeah. himself uh i mean at this point cut ties i mean i'm assuming it's too late for the flash
3: movie um i'm assuming i'm hopeful that most of it's done um they were never really my pick for the flash um i was you know their portrayal was just okay like there's some fun quirkiness um but the allegations against them are really just insane um unbelievable at times um and again, it's never an excuse, but these are things that you typically hear of from more well-known, regarded actors like Johnny Depp, Will Smith now, um, where not, again, not that they have an excuse, but they've had their time in the industry. They have their fame. Most people, if you go, oh, who's Ezra Miller? Who's Ezra Miller? They're going to go, who is that? You know what I mean? Like, right. hit for them to feel like they have, like, that clout to just do whatever the hell they want Um, again, nobody should be doing that, but they need a real big reality check. Um, and I think, you know, after whatever projects they have come out, come out, like I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get any more work. Um, they shouldn't, they really need to, you know, reevaluate themselves and maybe get some proper help. But truly, I think one of the accusations, they went to the hotel room and, um, like we're taking like stealing their passports or whatever with the people that they got into a fight with at the karaoke bar like just very bizarre like stealing their money and passports and so you don't need to do that like what's going on here
1: obviously they they had an issue going on there very right highly drunk, intoxicated whatever the case is there's there's obviously a problem right there. there's some severe issues you know, so my take is I feel bad for the studio. This is one of the rare times I feel bad for a studio where you put somebody on a pedestal and now you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with them, you know, for Mm -hmm. right, at least for the meantime. And the people that worked on the project are punished as well for this actor's mentality because they're the face of your movie. Uh, He's going to be the flash. Uh, My question, I'm not going to, we're not going to go any deeper really into it, but just something for maybe people to ponder is I wonder like how much this really does impact a movie when you really think about it. Like for us, like, I know we're interested in the movie itself more so than maybe the actor, but for like a casual viewer, someone who just skims like the entertainment weeklies or, you know, pops on the news, this is a headline that pops up. Does it really affect the movie in the long run? I always wonder that sometimes, like, are you going to be like, well, I'm not going to see that because of how Ezra Miller was acting or anything like that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say maybe a casual fan or someone who might've had interest in the project. Will it really deter them from going to see this movie? I don't know. I wonder if that's really a thing. I wonder if there's like If things. Sometimes I feel like it
3: makes people want to go see it more, uh, depending on the allegations and depending on the crime. Like I could some see some people be like, oh, well, let's see what Ezra Miller's all about now that we've heard all this zany stuff about them. Um, but I mean, the impact on the movie goes further into like the people that are there day to day on the set that are being, you know, abused or waiting hours at a time if they're running late or whatever's going on you know there's the people on the ground level that i think are really being impacted by you know misbehavior
1: yeah i hate drama i'm gonna be honest with you i, mean, I hate even talking about it but it's something we should bring up i think people should really know about it and just maybe made aware like make your own conscious decision if you want to see fantastic beasts go see it if you want to go see the flash go see it don't what let one person's actions deter you from enjoying something that you may like i, I think that's ridiculous. But, well, um, go ahead, John. Go before, ahead, before, we before, we
2: totally, before we totally move on from this, I feel like this is another one of those things where we don't see exactly what's going on behind the scenes with these actors and actresses right. and how some of these actors and actresses feel so entitled to their, like when they get a big role, then they feel like, oh, now I am above these people. So like say just the people that are helping them on stage on stage or through the camera work, they feel like they're so much bigger than them that they feel like they can go out and do this kind of stuff. And even if like this was a one-time incident where it's never happened again, I feel like some people are going to come through this and go, listen, this happened to me on a certain set with him too, or something happened in this way. So I feel like you have to nip it in the butt before this stuff becomes way too much.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think we need to do something as far as that, which actually funnily moves right into my next topic. So a big discussion that happened this week, and I am so excited to be talking about this, is what now it's method acting has been a thing in Hollywood for some time, right? We've seen some actors pull it off excellently. Some actors, what the hell are you doing? It's a really two-sided project, so we have two takes on this, and I I can't I love how they relate to each other. Uh, so the first one is Jared Leto, who was in Morbius, uh, to everyone's dismay at this point, which apparently seems to be the one of the worst movies of the year.
0: You mean more BS?
1: More BS. Oh this guy with the jokes, I love it. Uh, I did have something else to talk about Morbius, which I, I want to address before we jump maybe into this was. The director had no idea that there were Spider Man murals in the trailer from Morbius, and then they were removed once the movie actually came out. Does anyone else think that's absolutely hilarious and sad at the same time that the director didn't know that about his movie?
3: Just
2: more (laughs) evidence of studio interference. Yeah.
1: What a a sad director. Doesn't know what's going on
2: with his movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say it. Like, it's just, it's really, the, the handling of Morbius has been an absolute dumpster fire from beginning to end. I didn't even see the movie, and I do want to see it, I think, at some point. I'm going to check it out probably later rather than sooner. But, man, it's just a mishandling. And then you have this. So Jared Leto was so committed to playing the character of Morbius that he actually used crutches and would slowly limp to the bathroom. Uh, p breaks started taking so long that a deal was made for him to use a wheelchair just to speed up the process. And it was stated by the director, which again, this is the man that didn't know that Spider-Man murals were in his in his trailer. He had no idea this happened, said, All the actors believe in processes. As a director, you support whatever makes it as good as you can be. Wow. Well, I guess he didn't realize he had a bad movie, because apparently that performance didn't help this movie at all, based on what I'm hearing. Um, I just think that's really interesting, because then we have Mads Mikkelsen, who is coming up with fantastic beasts and i love mads i think everything he's in he's absolutely genius in, especially at the hannibal series we've talked about him before he comes up and says in an interview uh with uh, gq magical sin says it's bullshit what if it's a shit film what do you think you achieved am i impressed that you didn't drop character you should have dropped it from the beginning. I think that kind of says it all. What's the point of method acting if you're in a bad movie? Uh, so what I want to do is let's go around. Let's let's talk about method acting. What we think of it. Is it worth it? Is it worth people's time? Uh, so well, let's let's explain what method acting is. Adam, could you give like the audience a little taste, like what what exactly is method acting?
0: I mean, it's it's pretty much just assuming the role like that you're going to portray is you know actually true like you are the character that you're portraying
1: right so like a good example would be um jim carrey right Mm -hmm. as we all know jim carrey julie who did jim carrey play (laughs) she's
3: not in her head uh well i i know the name of the movie's man on the moon he played uh my first mind is the alternate personality which is tony clifton (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is i love how his method acting um encompassed two different personalities Andy Um, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. 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 Uh, Yes. I gave you the ball and you dropped it. See what happened. I know. Tony Clifton. Andy Kaufman and Tony Tony Clifton. I do Tony Clifton impersonations around the house all the time.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) so notoriously, what happened in this movie for those unaware is Jim Carrey pretty much assumed the identity, going around pretending to be the reincarnated spirit of Andy Kaufman and terrorizing everyone on set with all his antics, his jokes. His nonsense, just literally pretending to be him every waking moment that he was on set. It's documented, and there's actually a really good uh, documentary on Netflix you guys should check out if you get a chance, where it shows just how terrible this process was and how much it impeded them making the movie. Now, Adam, we have Jared Leto pretending to be Morbius, who can't, who has to use crutches and then a wheelchair eventually just to use the bathroom. Is that really helping his performance on screen as a vampire?
0: I mean, yeah, movies aside, <laughs> I, I just don't see how, like, there there has to be a separation. You have to understand, I, I would say, between, you know, real life and portrayal. I, I just don't think that that would have helped him at all.
1: No, right. So I, I kind of like Mad's, Mad's perception of this, too, where he's just like, if you're, if you're in a bad, if your movie ends up being bad, what was the point of all this, like, detailed work that you've done into it? Uh, from what I gather, he's more of an actor where it's like a switch. You know, he's like, all right, I'm in scene. Boom. I got to put on my mask, go in, do my antics, turn it off, come out. You know, he's just him again, which I think should be the case for most actors. Don't when you right. agree? He
0: obviously that. understands that separation.
1: Yeah. So do you think there is any merit to method acting? What would you? It's It's tough, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, I do think so, because it's like it depends on what the role is. And then I, if I was to go do something, I would want to know how to properly handle a situation, but you know, to go to a certain extent of like, all right, I have to go to the bathroom. Let me be that <laughs> character going to the bathroom. It, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: No, now let's, let's talk about one. I want to, there's one that I always think of that actually worked in my opinion, um, was, uh, Christian Bale, is most famously known for his method acting, uh, which he was an American psycho, which I absolutely love that movie. His Patrick Bateman, he pretty much stayed in character most of the time in that movie to the point where he ch- physically changed his body to be the character. He's done it a few times with, um, the machinist was another movie where he lost all that weight. It's just funny because people always talk about the machinist, but they never actually seen the machinist. I think that, that's kind of a funny situation, but that's just besides the point. Um, you know it's one of those things where he stayed in character so well but i don't know i don't think he was being a dick to other people on set i didn't hear stories of anything like that he just like he kind of became consumed by the character but he didn't take it out on other people you were working with where it was causing issues on set i think that's where i have the issue with predominantly with method acting uh what do you think julie now are you on the same camp with that
3: yeah, definitely. I remember I forget what we were watching, but it was people on the set of American Psycho were talking about Christian Bale and like he would just do that thing. He would be having a conversation with you and he'd laugh be laughing, but his eyes were like soulless, which like he was still in character as Patrick Bateman, but again, he wasn't like directly impacting the people around him. Um and I mean maybe I'm just missing stuff, but I don't think Christian Bale goes around bragging that he's method acting, like he just does it and other people tell you that he did that. We're like Jared Leto has to announce to the world that he was so deep into his character and I'm sorry he's just an asshole the fact that you have to walk around on crutches like to go to the bathroom when you are perfectly capable of doing that like it's not like the cameras are rolling I know you're playing that character again when we see the movie I'm very curious to see how much actual screen time he is on those crutches for where he felt the need to be in character then why don't you go sleep in a coffin and pretend to be a vampire if you really want to be that method acting stick to the vampire side instead of like trying to pretend to be disabled when you're not like, again, I know that it's the separation of, you know, performance versus real life, but that's a time where you need to separate a little bit. Um, and I agree like with what Mads Mikkelsen, like if the movie shit, then what does that say about your performance? And when I actually clicked on the article, you shared us so it brought me to a Robert Pattinson quote as well, which I thought was really cool. It's a, I always say about people who do method acting, you only ever see people do the method when they're playing an asshole. You never see someone being lovely to everyone while they're really deep in character.
1: Right, it's, it's very like true. It just
3: gives them an excuse to be an act. Like, and you heard those stories, I mean, I don't know how true they are from Suicide Squad when he was the Joker of him sending like used condoms and dead rodents to cast members on set while he was getting into the role of the Joker. Like just leave people alone. Like you don't have to, we're like another, they said Heath Ledger did method acting for the Joker, but he just kind of stayed away from everybody, you know? So there's a difference and there's doing it respectfully and not making everyone on set, you know, a living nightmare for everyone. Cause again, him taking forever to go to the bathroom on crutches, that's wasting people's time. That's making the workday longer for the people on set for no good reason.
1: Yeah, I think it's a disservice to everyone, as we've said. And Jared Leto, I think it's just kind of an asshole in general. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what anyone else to say about him. Uh, I know. Speaking of Will Smith earlier, that was also on Suicide Squad, where Will Smith wanted to beat the crap out of him, apparently because he was sending stuff to him and his family in like weird boxes. Being the what is that accomplishing? I'm sorry, you're not accomplishing anything. Stick to your role, do your job. If you have to, you know. there's there's different levels of it like you said i think if you're to be in character to stay in character is one thing uh but just to but to piss everybody off and just to be an ass about it i think is useless uh before we wrap up on the subject john you got anything you want to add to that what do you think of the method acting are you method acting right now is this your role
2: yeah this is my role i'm method acting (laughs) just be an
1: asshole to everybody in life sounds about right all right there we go (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 nonsense. I'm sorry. I think the whole thing is nonsense. I don't think it, it accomplishes anything. Um, yeah, whatever. It's 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 a trend that's going to continue on. I don't know how much, how well they teach it. And like when you go for like a craft as far as acting school, maybe that's something I'd be curious if they really go into method acting. I don't I don't think they really do. Uh, I know it's more so frowned upon in the professional community. But teach their own, right? I mean, I guess that the Morbius director says it's a thing. You know, he apparently knows everything that's going on with acting and in his movies, so he must be right. You know, Mads doesn't know what he's talking about, clearly. Uh, going into some other good news, uh, Adam, I hope you're scared. You know, you 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 don't you love horror, Adam, obviously. I know you're really into different horror movies. Clearly. I do.
0: Yes, I I love it.
1: So are you happy, you know? Uh Pennywise is coming back, Adam. I know you're really Great. excited. Uh, Welcome to Derry was pitched to uh, HBO Max as a uh, prequel series to the It franchise. What do you think about that? Are you excited to see uh, Pennywise return to our screens?
0: <laughs> uh, no, but um, <laughs> I guess, I, I, I don't know, I'm interested. I, I, it's something that I did not expect to happen, but I guess if it expands the story a little bit, and I mean, why not? I don't know if it's necess- necessarily something that we needed, though. Yeah. um Right. So I don't know. I, it's it's kind of just a uh, I'm indifferent right now. I guess.
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone's trying to capitalize on the expanded universe thing. Yeah. Uh, the, mul- mm-hmm. the multiverse. I'm sure we're gonna see more things. Uh, interestingly enough, Stephen King does have involvement with that with his Dark Tower series. I haven't personally read it, but I know the Dark Tower was supposedly like the connective tissue to everything right. i forgot about that yeah, yeah. everything all his movies are connected in this weird mm-hmm. universe so welcome to dairy's interesting uh i i love the it movies preferably the first it movie i really loved it was actually one of my favorite horror movies of that year second one eh, you know there, there's there's problems with it it's i don't know it could be an adaptation problem it's the better of the adaptations i guess if, if that means anything which I guess doesn't cause the other one's really not that good, but you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, they did pass on something which I thought was interesting. The overlook hotel was pushed as uh, pitched as another Stephen King series, uh, based on the shining, which I'm really glad we didn't touch. Like let's stay out of the shining universe. I don't think we need to be elaborated on the events that happened at the hotel. Uh, it kind of opens itself up. Welcome to Derry. Uh, the town of Derry has a really rich history, which I think could be explored. could be something interesting. Uh, Funny enough, they haven't actually mentioned if Pennywise is in the movie. So that could be something. Uh, it could be like kind of like a... Um, does anyone remember uh, Eerie Indiana as a show? Does anyone remember that at all? John, you don't remember that? That was our, no, that was our time. No, I do not. No? You're an old man, John. You should remember what I'm talking about. Whatever. Erie, Indiana was a show where, for those who know what it is, it was a show where like just strange events <laughs> would happen. There were these kids, and they would have every every episode would be like a strange event that happened in the town and they'd have to solve like the mystery of kind of what it was. And it was always like this weird supernatural thing that kept happening. Uh, welcome to Derry could be cool like that. could be something that's just like, Derry's a weird place and weird things happen. So I don't know. There's not really much more about it. So we won't really, you know, mull over it too much. But, uh, speaking of Bill Skarsgård, uh, the reboot for the crow is in full swing with him playing, um, Brandon Lee's famous character, uh, of the crow. Uh, now have any of you seen the crow John have you seen the crow at all Adam I know I, I was mad at you you didn't see the crow no, i so upset. I, uh,
0: I looked up some things about it I haven't gotten a chance to actually see it but I did watch a few of those videos though
1: okay so you did watch a little bit the the I know Julie I made you watch the crow It was probably one of the first movies I made you watch actually when we started dating i I love the crow. Uh, just the history behind it. Uh, the comic is absolutely beautiful. Uh, if anyone actually gets wants to read something that's poetic, dark, it's just absolutely beautiful. I really find hard words to describe it. it is uh, James O'Barr's *The Crow* is a piece of work. You know, a masterpiece in my opinion. But *The Crow*, essentially, a man is mur- a man and his wife are murdered by this gangster squad gang of people, and uh, he comes back as the crow. Uh, For one night where he goes back and he murders ever takes revenge on everyone that killed him and his wife. Um, You know, it's interesting. Bill Skarsgård's an interesting choice. I don't automatically, you know, associate him with being like an action revenge kind of star. Uh, But playing Pennywise, you know, I guess he's used to makeup, right? So maybe, maybe he can handle it.
3: He's definitely very brooding. Um, He had that show. I never finished it. It's on Netflix, Hemlock Grove. Um, much similar to Derry, i get i don't know weird stuff happens he plays a vampire um but very brooding he he has some like action moments in it um so that that was like the first connection i made when i found out he was being the crow like it's familiar territory for him i think
1: yeah i think so i I could see him definitely he's he's a very versatile actor which we've seen in some of the movies he's been in uh he was even in deadpool 2 when he made that like brief appearance right that was him that was that that was the scars guard there's so many scars guard brothers yeah it's really he was hard to the keep track that would spit stuff i think yeah. right the acid spit yeah he was the acid i guy. think that was him yeah there's a lot of scars guards yeah there's a lot of them there's a lot of them but uh i guess we should go into maybe the next thing then at this point which is trailers everybody's favorite thing to talk about what's new what's coming out what we should be excited for uh so one of the scars guards uh, Alexander Skarsgård actually is going to be appearing in *The Northman*. So *The Northman* is essentially about this yiking, uh, Viking prince. So for all you Viking fans out there, which I have not watched that show, that's actually on my list to probably get into. Um, it's pretty much this: this Viking, as a young boy, his family's murdered, and he's kind of set out to go on revenge on this mist, maybe mystical quest. You know, I can't really get a vibe for it. Um, but *The Northman* trailer, I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, the trailer really is just a lot of action a lot of like just clips of things happening uh, you know there i think he has a line like a uh, father mother it's a
3: like avenge my father my father protect mother my mother and kill
1: whoever killed his father yeah which i think that's, that's really cool it's like a really like deep chant which i would expect from a like, yeah interview. it repeats over and over yeah i really like that i think that's really cool so how about you guys anyone's find this interesting was there anything in there adam what did you think of this i mean it seems like a random kind of movie i know there wasn't much out this week for us to talk about uh this movie is coming out uh april 22nd so it is relatively soon what are some of your thoughts on it
0: i don't know it it feels like every few years there's a movie that has to do with you know either vikings or gladiators or some sort and they all always have the same vibe to them right i i think we were due for (laughs) that movie so this just seems <laughs> to fall into that same trope i guess
1: yeah so what do you think it's got you think it has potential to be anything i think there? so
0: i, I think th- especially the fact that it has that recurring uh, line going on it, it just seems like it's a little bit different maybe um so it has piqued my interest so I, i'd give it a shot
1: yeah it's interesting because i i think it could go two ways right um i think this either this movie could be really really good as far as like maybe like a visual spectacle, if it has a lot of style to it, I think it could work. Um, if it doesn't, if it ends up kind of falling flat, maybe in like the visual department, as far as like presentation, then I think I think I'll be disappointed. But I don't know. How about you, John? What do you think? I know you like the Viking stuff. Didn't you watch Vikings? I'm pretty sure you did at some point, didn't you?
2: I t- I tried watching Vikings, but I didn't get through it. <laughs> but I'm excited about this. I always can go for a good Viking gladiator killing people splinch. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. one of those action movies that it's just like, as long as it has enough action throughout the movie and with a little bit of story into it and everything, I feel like you really can't go wrong.
1: Right. And the only reason I give this even any consideration beyond, you know, the trailer kind of seeming cool, and I wouldn't actually trust the trailer with this movie. This is one of those kind of things where you have to kind of trust who's making the movie. So, who's actually making the movie is Robert Eggers. So, for. Those unaware, Robert Eggers made two very, very distinctly stylized movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse. So if you've seen either of those movies, they're very distinctly stylized in what they are. It's not just your typical fanfare. That's not to say that this movie won't be that, because it might very well be. This could be just him dipping his toe and doing something totally generic and uneven. But based on his other work, if you're comparing the two, I, I think we're in for something kind of truly different uh whether or not that's good is up to you i know that people are split on the witch and the lighthouse uh i haven't actually seen the lighthouse that that's something I, I i know for shame on me it's pretty bad uh the witch i absolutely love though the witch is a very creepy movie which i know people are split on how they feel whether it's boring or absolutely terrifying you know it's kind of one of those in between kind of films but um again if that's any indication of what to, where to expect to you know, I think the Northmen should be on your radar. Um, it's got a really great cast. Nicole Kidman's in it. Um, just, just again, the style looks really cool. Especially if you're into Vikings, there's really no reason not to see this. I think, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing I noticed was that it's got a really solid cast. It's got Willem Dafoe's in it. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's in it. So, uh, and um, Ethan Hawke is in it as well.
3: Yeah. It's the year of Ethan Hawke.
0: <laughs> yeah, <So> he's, right.
3: <laughs> he's got that Moon Knight, and then that other movie, that horror movie, Black mask
1: or black phone or whatever where he's like that
0: oh yeah i remember that that Um, joe
1: hill movie right and that's that's actually another movie that was on my radar which it got delayed unfortunately Mm -hmm. it was supposed to come out sooner it's
3: it's something the word black is in the title i want to and maybe not black mask but but i know he like abducts children and Something but like I feel like we haven't Gotten a lot of Ethan Hawke lately and Yeah he's... no
1: it's it's the black phone You were right, It is yes, right. it it black the black one. phone okay. it, um, it debuted at one of the film festivals And was very well received mm-hmm. Incredibly it's standing ovation pretty much similar To uh, the work on Sinister that he did uh, Scott Derrickson who I, I really Do like him as a director I think he'd get another Visionary director with something different uh, It had a standing ovation at the film Festival uh, got delayed for whatever Reason for a widespread release So it's something to keep an eye out it's
0: know, out in June. June. twenty okay.
1: fourth. Oh, okay. All right. So relatively soon. Maybe that's something we could uh we could cover when that comes out. That'd be fun to talk about. We gotta do some horror movies. I gotta get Adam's take on some of this horror stuff. Uh usually it's me and Johnny going through the slasher fest, but uh I think we get we get some wider audience. John, what do you think? Welcome more people to the party.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's bring them to this.
1: Humanity. Well slashers,
3: slashers are different than like horror. Like slashers really aren't that scary depending on the slasher movie
2: i don't know what do you think about that Uh, they're
3: they're not my kind of scary i
2: think i think somebody's gonna show up to julie's house one night and i think she's (laughs) gonna have a different opinion on
1: slashers (laughs)
3: great well when you watch like the fourth or fifth or sixth one they're not scary anymore
1: Again, let's, let's let's reiterate something here. She was watching Friday the Thirteenth when we were marathoning that. John, uh, she was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, that's not scary. That's stupid. Oh, It's a comedy." Yeah, she's keep in mind she's watching like these '90s slashers movies that didn't age well at all. To nearly. I know.
2: When somebody knocks on her door at 12 o'clock at night. She's under the covers hiding with a weapon, saying, and "She's under oh, the covers." Scary.
1: Like if I like get up in the middle of the night and she like just sees me like go to the bathroom and come out she's like oh my god who's in the who's in the hallway who's walking around just freaking out over that i can't imagine that
2: like the wind hits the windows at night and
1: she's like oh my god what's that somebody's coming i'm, in. Talking, I'm talking like the conjuring
3: sinister it like that stuff's yeah, creepy miss, miss elevate,
1: oh yeah miss elevated horror elevated over horror over, elevated horror. Ooh, horror snob adam yeah adam's just scared of everything i don't know what to tell you <laughs> we can do me and adam can watch horror movies
3: together we'll do like a four of us watch something and just watch me and Adam's reaction.
0: I'd be down for that. My issue is (laughs) I, all the horror movies, they all kind of like blend together.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: Just because I don't know if it's just the fear and it's just like, I just remember being afraid of this movie or something. So I, I, I don't know yet. But there, a lot of them, they just kind of mesh together for me. So I'm the person me, that watches them like behind my hand. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't help when you can't see the whole movie. And, you know, you just have – but whatever. You know, it's interesting. I, I Horror I can't wait to jump into. I, I think that's always interesting. But going back on topic, you know, we went from the the Northsmen to uh, horror movies there. Uh, speaking of real life horror, uh, "Conversation with a Killer" <laughs> the John Wayne Gacy tapes is coming out to Netflix. Uh, that 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 that's real life horror. Now, if you were to be afraid of that, I totally would understand that. Um, that kind of bothers me. Uh, "Conversation with a Killer" the director he actually did um the Ted Bundy tapes, which is a really interesting documentary. Where if you're I'm the kind of person where I like my documentary a little more. I'm trying to think what the word is, maybe less like less opinion, more from the source kind of a documentary and Ted Bundy tapes really did that where you got to see into the mind of like how terrible this person is. Like you can tell somebody how terrible like a killer or a person is. Of course their actions are terrible, but when you hear the words from that person's mouth of what they did and, uh, and how they reacted to different situations, completely changed it for me. And I think John Way Gacy tapes is going to be another one where it's one of these most famous killers and we're hearing the voice of this monster come through in an ex- what looks to be an excellent telling documentary, which I always feel conflicted talking about because it's, it's a true life event and I'm talking about this horrible thing. Um, John, I know you're Mr. Uh, real Life over there with all the, the murders and stuff like that. You like that kind of stuff. Uh, what oh, do you think of this? Did you watch the Ted Bundy tapes and are you looking forward to this?
2: Oh yeah, I watched the Ted Bundy tapes. i watch watched all
1: this stuff. <laughs> I love this.
2: <clears throat> There's just something about like, real life stuff that makes it even more creepier. Like when you take a deep dive into some of like, just the stuff that goes on just today in certain things, you take a deep dive into this, this stuff is a lot more scarier than anything that Hollywood can create in their mind. Like some of the things that these people do and just the little things that <clears throat> like, if you look into certain cases and stuff, the certain things that these people in their mind go through and think about and other things. No Hollywood act, no Hollywood person in their right mind could think about this, but these things are happening every day, like certain things. And this just looks like a decent, like this seems like it's going to be a good thing for people that are into that kind of stuff.
1: Right. I think even more interesting is where they actually bring like they, they should, they have a lot of footage of him just being a normal guy out and about uh, because he was a very public figure at that point, especially in this town and for him just to be out and about and then do, oh, it's, it's just terrifying. Uh, the why, why,
0: awesome. why does he have to be a clown?
3: Well, he worked children's parties <sighs> as a clown. I, I love
2: that people it's, are afraid of clowns. It's my it's, favorite part.
3: Well, he's part of the reason why people are afraid of clowns. He really it.
1: is. I totally get it. When I saw that, I got it.
3: And just the carnage that he created. But again, being such a public figure nobody would know like i think he owned a construction company or something and was running for some kind of local office and was the clown party guy like just crazy and it's like that with a lot of ted bundy he was charming attractive people never would have thought that he was capable of the things he could do btk was like a boy scout leader and a youth minister like the way that these people are able to blend into society and commit these atrocious crimes Um, Like Kevin said earlier, it's interesting to hear, you know, information from the source or hear them excuse what they did or continue to continue to deny it. Um, It's so fascinating.
1: Yeah. True crime is one of those things. And, you know, I think now, Adam, I'm curious what you think as far as we we bring awareness to this. A lot of people I've seen had the discussion where it's like almost we're celebrating monsters um, and giving them more fame and notoriety with these kind of documentaries what, what is your thought on that do you think we are doing that to an extent or you know is it more of like an awareness thing because these are it's kind of it's just sick in a lot of ways but we do get entertained by it a lot of the time i hate to say
0: i, I think it's a double-edged sword because yeah. yes we are giving him the notoriety but we're also you know making his victims we're giving them the light that they deserve too because you know yeah. A lot of times, you know, the actual killer, they are the ones on in the spotlight. But, you know, there's tons of people that no, they matter too.
1: Right. Instead of being victim number one, number two or number three, right. you're, you're putting a name to that and just, you know, letting people remember, like, these are the lives he took. I think yeah, a lot of right. people I think in documentaries it can be, you know, just like, oh, he just he killed this person and they move on uh the, right. the conversations with the killer series if i'm just going by ted bundy i felt like they kind of brought personality to everyone that was taken by ted bundy mm-hmm. and i'm hoping with john wayne gacy they can kind of do the same thing and just bring to light just like the atrocity this monster was and the lives he took and the families he hurt because i think that's that's yeah. totally a shame There's not like it a shame. will yeah
3: it definitely depends i remember over the summer we watched the night stalker documentary on netflix which was really a compelling documentary, but I don't, it was one episode where it just opened with a black screen and just named scrolling past. And it was just to see the amount of names of the people that he victimized that he killed. Um, you know, it's, you're giving voices to those people. So yeah. And Adam said too, it's a double-edged sword, you know, as long as you're respecting the victims and you're trying to, you know, heal some wounds there. Like I know John Wayne Gacy, I don't I don't know if they there was one victim who was still to be identified. I think they might have recently finally put a name to them. Um so like when you have those cases where families are still waiting on news of, you know, their missing child or their missing loved one, if you can bring some kind of resolution to them by continuing to tell those stories, um, you know, there can be good in telling, you know, these horrors, these true life horror stories.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't, it's not like, not that we're celebrating it, but um, maybe like, you know, history has a, tend- a tendency to repeat itself. So in order for us for not to do that or not to be made aware of, you know, red flags and things like that, sometimes these series are good for, you know, to bring more, you know, just bring a little more sense to people sometimes. But if you're interested in that, uh, that the uh, Conversations of the Killer is coming out on April 20th, available streaming on Netflix, uh, that'll definitely be a day one check out for me. You know, it's something I'll be looking forward to. Now, the last trailer I want to talk about, I put this in purposely for one person, John. I put this in for you, man. I know you're excited to talk about this. Uh, Netflix is bringing us uh, another anime adaptation, which I know is right up your alley here. Uh, Vampire in the Garden. All right, John, what would you think? Is this your is this your first one? Are you ready for this? I'm not ready for this.
2: It sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds terrible. It's got vampires in the garden. Okay. The nice. whole trailer I just thought it was terrible. You really thought it was terrible. not going to watch it. So
1: what didn't what didn't you like about it? From someone who obviously hates anime, because that's that's clearly a thing. Uh, what what Fair. did you necessarily not like about it? I'm just curious. I don't know. The whole thing seemed boring, and Same I just thing. can't get behind
2: the whole anime. I'm just trying, <laughs> but not giving me anything to work with. Not giving Give me, me any this anything crap
1: to work with. All right. So Vampire in the Garden, from what I gather, is um it's pretty much this human and this other vampire. They, they, they meet together in this world where I guess vampires and humans are at odds with one another in like a kind of fantasy kingdom setting. And I guess they go on a journey to try and, you know, reunite the people or whatever the case is. And again, not too much is given. It's more of like snapshots and stuff like that. Uh, Adam, what did you think of this? Netflix is bringing, been bringing us some anime lately. You think this is going to be a winner for them or something different at least?
0: Um, I think cuz there was another trailer that came out for another show that I was uh or another movie on Netflix that came out maybe last month at some point early last month it's called Bubble. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw did, that one too. I did too. see that one. That looked interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm okay with this Netflix trend that they're if they're going to, you know, keep delivering decent movies, I'm okay with it. Um but in terms of this one, I'm not sure yet. I'm very picky with my anime, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to be to some extent. There's so much yeah. out there and what 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 comes over what's selected. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. We don't. I feel like the vampires they come and go with anime. It's not it's yeah. a big. I feel like it was a popular trend. They kind of follow us. I think like they get our trends like second handed. Like we mm-hmm. had like Twilight was a big thing, and then they kind of got it like a little bit later. If that makes any sense, like they're delayed a little bit. Like right now, I think superheroes are still like the big trend right. in anime. So we have like the My Hero Academia and all like the million spinoffs of that. But, yeah, um, I thought this was, I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. The animation looks beautiful from what I could tell. Absolutely. I, I, I can like,
0: agree with that. It does look, look very nice. For.
1: Um, I always like a good vampire story. I think, I, I feel like that we don't get enough. We have a, so, uh, so many of the vampire stories we get are bad that we tend to remember those, like the twilights and stuff like that. Again, not the beat a dead horse, but you know, I'm, I'm sick of that. But when we get like truly like true vampires, it's kind of cool. I'm excited to see that. Uh, I think there was that other anime, um. Mars Red, I believe. Me and Julie actually started watching that, and that was really cool. That was something I, I definitely want to continue, which it kind of gave me some similar vibes. Uh, Julie, is this something you would want to watch at some point, or you don't know? Want to see what happens?
3: Um, I'll see what happens. Um, I love a good vampire story. Um, I'll take any vampire story. I enjoyed the Twilight movies as bad and books as bad as they are. Um, I would probably turn to Mars Red over this. Um, it just it's a vampire story it also seems like a story that's done been done before you know so getting some star-crossed lovers vibes <laughs> I like the star-crossed lovers kind of thing I think that's kind of cool I don't mind it either I just <laughs> it looks too corny um, which anime tends to be Yeah, true I'd rather watch Mars Red All right. um, if I'm looking enough. for an anime vampire story I would probably turn to that yeah. it seems to have more action more um, I don't know
1: no, I it's know. A wait and see. It's a wait, wait and, see. and see. Yeah, it's tough. It, anime is such a commitment, like Adam said, where you got to know what you want to watch. At that yeah,
0: point. It, it probably won't be a day one for me. Yeah, just because I'll probably wait to see how other people react to it. I don't know. That's just how it is, yeah. unfortunately, with me.
1: No, it's it's true. Know. Sometimes you ha- again. I think anime can be such a large commitment, especially. I don't know if this is like a one and done series or if it's a uh, you know a bigger, broader series where you have to choose what you invest in uh like john over there he doesn't want to watch it which i, I kind of get sometimes when people say like i don't want to watch anime it could be a big investment regardless if you like it or not it's just a lot of time sink that you have to put into it well, and sometimes
2: you're like 16 episodes long 16, i don't wanna watch too many i don't wanna watch 16 episodes of crap Come 16 that's nothing short. i don't know, yeah. know
1: what he's talking about over here I don't know. It's yeah, we'll see what you, happens with
0: it. You got Attack on Titan, you know, final season part four.
1: Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Attack First on Titan three episodes did, behind now. Yeah, Attack on Titan did just wrap up, and now we're getting the continuation of the final season of Attack on Titan, which is very disheartening because I thought it was going to be the end. Me too. Uh, got to wait another winter. year, guys. Another year. Winter, right? Of 2023. That's the estimated. They said 2023. <laughs> People are predicting winter for Attack on Titan. uh the anime of the the century, and honestly, in my opinion, it's it's been blowing me away nonstop. I just they got to stick the landing. You're making me nervous though. You keep pushing it back further and further, but you know we'll see. The, the creators directly involved, yeah, he had some things he wanted to do with it, so we'll see what happens with that. Don't want to go too off topic with that, but Attack on Titan, check out Vampire in the Garden if you like vampires, you like love stories, that might be something here for you. Check it out. It comes out May 16th on Netflix. So. Before we wrap up the episode, there's one last little article I want to talk about, which we'll get a little discussion going just real quick here. Michael Bay has shown up saying uh, he should have stopped making Transformers movies. Uh, he recently did an interview saying that he actually did regret making after the first couple Transformers movies. He said the first one was scary. It was technology we didn't know would work. And then it became very successful. It was the first time digital effects were highly reflective. So it broke a lot of new ground. It was a fun experience. It made more than $709 million. That's a lot of movie tickets, and a lot of people have seen it. Uh, I saw. Trans- uh, then he went on to say, hold on, i bring up this. is. He said, I made too many of them. Steven Spielberg said, just stop at three. And I said, I'd stop. The studio begged me to do a fourth, and then that made a billion too. And then I said, I'm going to stop here. And they begged me. I should have stopped, but they were fun to do. That just sounds like hollywood in a nutshell doesn't it when it comes to series uh the transformers are obviously i mean even after the first one i think there was definitely an argument to be made they should have stopped uh, especially when some characters started rotating out and there are some lot uh, logic issues with the series just in general when it came towards the end um now the, what that spawns to me is now do you guys have any series that you think should have stopped while they were ahead is there any like movie franchise or anything like that where you think they just they kept on going when it really should have ended at some point could have ended maybe sooner jurassic park jurassic park is a good one john at he was right he he was like locked and loaded with that and i didn't even ask this before we started this discussion he took the best answer he did there's another one but yeah okay so jurassic park now where do you think they could have stopped john now it's easy to say the first one but let's say you had to at least have, like, a sequel or two. Do you, where do you think they could have stopped after right. Then we could have stopped after the second one. Yeah. Because the third one's just garbage. Yeah, th- the rest I agree of with it's you. it's garbage. Yeah, third one going on seems to be kind of rough there.
2: So we could do a two-and-done. That's not bad.
1: Two-and-done's not so terrible. No, not at all. Dinosaurs didn't live that alone. Come on. <laughs> He's right. He's got a point. Uh, yeah, again, uh, Transformers is another easy one. I think after... I want to say after Transformers, the second the second one, was that Revenge of the Fallen? Is that the second one? I don't remember. You need to have that one. crazy Shia LaBeouf College, like, gang scene? I don't even mind it because it's just so insane. And Knowing who Shia LaBeouf is as a person, I think it's hilarious now. I, I really do. I think, yeah, you could have stopped there. I mean, three, I guess, was, like, the logical point, if you want to look at it from a story context or as far as Michael Bay. I think they kind of tried to wrap up the story as best they could in three movies. Maybe, I really honestly after the third one things are kind of blurry for me. I don't really remember. Only thing I remember is Bumblebee, which he wasn't a part of, which is totally different. And dude, they kill off movie. my
0: favorite Transformer. What, Jazz? No, Ironhide.
1: When did they kill Ironhide? Three?
0: Uh, I was. I Four. thought it was the second one actually. Is it
1: the second one? No. I think so. Who had didn't Josh Damal drive Ironhide? I don't remember. Yeah, did I'm he? pretty sure he did. Time to Google. Time to Google. Good, good old Google here. Transformers interesting series though where I feel like he kind of missed out like what was the point of Transformers like Michael Bay had like the majesty of the characters like when you see like them transform that's incredibly awesome no matter what you want to say about these movies but seeing like all the gears shift and everything like that seeing them go from car to robot that's absolutely cool and he always found like inventive ways for it to happen uh, especially when they would like roll on the ground like they would roll into a form or like like It always made sense, the way the pieces moved, which I think that a lot of credit has to be given to those series. Where they really falter was really the two big things a lot of people say. It's the human characters, which are absolutely annoying. Tied over there with just the Michael Bay-isms that are in every single movie, whether it's uh, the hot, overexposed, slightly too young girl to... The, the sun-setting shots, every scene has a sun-setting shot or a spinning camera or something crazy. Like, if you're a Michael Bay fan, you might like, but overall, I think it really damaged the series. And then logic was just thrown out the window by the time we got towards, that was Age of Extinction and The Last night which I don't even remember. I just know Mark Wahlberg. I'm an inventor. I invented a bunch of stuff. It's Mark Wahlberg. Hey, guys. That's all I remember. And that was clearly a paycheck movie for me. I, I mean, I... He, he had to have done it for that. There's no reason he'd be in that otherwise.
0: I completely forgot that this was one of the movies, but it's the, uh, the dark of the moon. That's when iron high died. Oh, I completely die. forgot about that. movie. I, mean?
3: I, I think that's the movie where I fell asleep in the theaters. Um, I'm not like actions. Great. But those movies like made me hate action movies for a very long time because I would get just so fatigued when you have like 40 minute, just nonstop action. Set pieces. And seems, like you get to the point, but you get to the point where you don't even know what's happening anymore.
1: That's the problem. That's my problem. That's more right. of the problem where you can't discern one action from another because it's so congested on the screen. Uh, but some of the more memorable set pieces I absolutely love. Uh, like, in the second movie, again, I, 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 for me, I guess that's really kind of where I could have stopped, is uh, when Optimus, like, is fighting Megatron in the forest, that really cool scene. And, like, I think Optimus dies in the middle of the fight. And you see, like, just, like, that scene is so cool and so well shot as far as, like, them two, like, big robots duking it out in the middle of the forest. And then even the end with the, the stupid, like, they combine the Transformer parts on him. And he's like, let's roll out. And he shoots out flying like a jet truck thing into the sky. That's incredibly awesome. It's just the other stuff in between is where I kind of fall apart, where you have soldiers shooting at robots knowing they can't do anything to them. They already, like, established, like, you're wasting time. Like, why bother shooting anything? It's just, like, stuff like that that bothers me. And that's where Michael Bay just can't get his, I don't want to say his his ego, more his style I guess maybe this is ego too. It's ego and style as far as like what he always has to have in a movie. It's like American soldiers battling the forces of, of evil. And it just doesn't make sense when you have giant robots fighting each other. That, that's what you need. You don't need the other stuff. The human stuff's insignificant compared. Sure. You need it for us to relate as an audience, but you know, it could be cut out. I think there's, there's more than an argument for that. Um, my series, if I were to pick one, uh, I think is an easy one was the fast and the furious franchise. Uh, I, I just don't care for them, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Besides, uh, the first three, I think, and that's even a stretch because there's things I really don't like about the second movie. I think Tokyo Drift's kind of an underrated movie. While it's not like the best of the movies, I kind of like the idea of being set in Tokyo with like that street race mentality. But we went from one series that was about street racing to super agents Vin Diesel talking about family jumping out of cars without a scratch on him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does anyone think that positively evolved? Um, no, talk about more useless action. Adam, what do you think? You, you're a big Fast and the Furious fan. You got your Vin Diesel I, I, tank top when you go to the theaters. You're ready to go.
0: Oh uh, Well, absolutely, yes. Uh, but I've only seen one of them. I've only seen the first one. So,
1: so there you go, which is I, I think the argument same. can be made. Uh, it's Point Break. It's like a remake of Point Break. It pretty much is exactly the same. If you were to compare the two movies, uh, just with cars. John, you're a huge Fast and the Furious fan, right? yeah i like fast and the furious yeah you like all of them you like all the crazy zany action or
2: i mean i could be done with it but they want to keep going go ahead who the heck am i to stop their billion dollar industry
1: it is i mean those movies make crazy money it's it's interesting to see it kind of unites a lot of strange fans like you see like a lot of those like marvel cinematic kind of universe like those people like really love that really love fast and the furious and always like bewilders me sometimes like what, what do you like about these movies am i missing something maybe i'm not because i reviewed the last one and i thought that was kind of like it was it was fine like probably the stupidest out of all of them but we've turned these like ordinary people into superheroes which Are, not, it seems aren't they bad.
3: combining aren't they combining fast and the furious and the jurassic park
1: franchises yeah there was a rumor about it i don't, I don't know how long talks have gone hopefully that doesn't happen Maybe, maybe it should though. That'd be kind of cool. Foster it definitely after. should.
2: It definitely should not happen. Ever. Know, Dominic Toretto being family with dinosaurs. What could be? What could go wrong?
1: Blue, I thought we were family. Blue, come over here, have a cause with me. We gotta sit down and talk. Set, set we go the at the barbecue.
3: They have to have a barbecue.
1: Chris Pratt, let's get over here. Let's talk about it. Come on now, Doctor Grant. Just get <laughs> mauled by
0: a dinosaur. <laughs> for paul i would
3: like to say i would like to see vin diesel get eaten by a dinosaur
1: you've heard of american muscle let me show you dinosaur muscle right now rides in on a t-rex going into like to fight like i don't know jason momoa who i think is in the new one jason momoa on top of like a triceratops with like laser beams on the side of its head oh what's happening billion dollar ideas coming out of your mouth right now i'm just like just just pay me at this point
0: dinosaurs exploding everywhere.
1: It's crazy. Just imagine, just imagine the chaos and fun and have Michael Bay make it. Let's just go. Let's might as well just throw it on top of it. <laughs> oh my God. Is there Optimus Prime in here?
2: We got everything.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's just, it's, it's insanity on steroids right there. Now, is there any other franchises you guys can think of that were like, you think it could have stopped? Like you had enough, like you didn't need maybe that one more movie. That showed up, like, you know, it could have cut, cut your loss while you're ahead.
2: Yeah, the scary movie movies.
1: Yeah, scary movie. <laughs> that's an interesting one. They, they And that, how many scary movies are there? Is there at least like Like, like
2: two, four? four? But that then there should have been
3: two. What's worse is like the spin off series. Like, they had like action movie and date movie and every Meet movie, movie. Meet the Spartans. Meet the Spartans. Yeah. So like that, I think made it even, I actually liked the scary movie, scary movie three was peak scary movie comedy right there.
1: It was weird. It was a weird trend that happened during like the late nineties into the two thousands where we had like these parody movies, which you don't see anymore. I kind of like them. I you know, they're, they're, they're tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't really be taken too seriously. But Scary Movie, I think, out of all of them, was kind of like, it was funny because like Scream, the movie Scream itself, which is what they're sort of loosely based on, is already like a social commentary on horror movies as in general. And then you have Scary Movie, which is a commentary on Scream uh, on top of another commentary. It's pulling an inception here. It's a dream within a dream within a dream here. Uh, I think they're cool. I think they're fun. The first three are good, be like Julie said. I think beyond that, you know, uh, they got a little carried away. Like what worked for Scream doesn't necessarily work for like date movie, and uh, that Meet the Spartans one was terrible. I think there's a Twilight one that's like that too. Uh, there's quite a few where they just like, no, why? Why you just made these to make a movie just to capitalize off the name? I think at some point, uh, they were interesting series nonetheless. How about you, Adam? Is there anything you just like you had enough when you were watching something like no more?
0: See, I've always thought about like, because obviously. Th- a lot of movies are based off of, like, books. Right. So then you have, like, a bunch of book series. So, for example, like Twilight. I- I've always wondered, like, obviously the movie, if it's not doing well, are they just like, well, we're committed now. We have to go through all of the, you know, the rest of the series.
1: That happen? Like, now let's talk about, like, Percy Jackson was a good example of those yes. movies. Yes, yep which is a tragedy and at yeah. least it's getting another second An absolute life. tragedy it's getting yeah. a second life on disney plus so rejoice everyone you know we're gonna have another shot at it um that, that they got a i don't know how they got a second movie out of that and maybe it's like you said <sighs> you think they were just like well let's try it one more time and see what happens like I yeah like
0: I, I i'm so curious i mean between like hunger games divergent all of those movies you know it's like why well they never
3: finished di- the divergent movies
0: oh did they not i didn't know they that didn't. i don't
3: believe I so I, I only read the first divergent book which it's it's you get to that point especially when it comes to like those teen fandoms where when twilight came out well that Divergent's more of like a hunger games spin-off type thing like you just are saturated with that type of storytelling so like i i don't think they finished the diverge i think they made a second movie i don't think they made a third movie from that series because it was awful the books weren't even that good like i remember liking the first book but now thinking back to it it's really not that good it's a hunger games rip off
1: yeah no um, i wasn't i wasn't too much of a fan of that i mean a lot of the, the YA thing- series had a lot of the YA series had like a start and very few of them had a finish i know maze runner right. was another one where yep. i think maze runner yeah. was able to finish somehow even though Did they had a lot of I think they had a lot of tragedy on set too. Or what's his well, name? Well, because Dylan
3: O'Brien, he got really hurt um, at one point during yeah, he had filming. A severe
1: back injury, which almost like head him, injury. I yeah, I know it was bad for him in that film. But the
3: thing with the YA stuff, like Twilight, those movies are what you want to say about them. But they made a ton of money. People were going out to see them like crazy, myself included. Um, wow. <laughs> Hunger Games as well. The Hunger Games movies are not that bad um but again people are going i never watched the last movie but i I also that was my least favorite book and then you got into the thing because hunger games did it harry potter twilight where the last book became two movies so they're profiting off of splitting up their story that way
1: it sucks though i mean i feel bad for fans of those franchises you know because you never really get a clear conclusion even if you like say like putting the book aside for a second here like if you really liked like the percy jackson series you never got like an ending really to it or anything like that like you just kind of got this like two movie shot and it's like yeah whatever we're not gonna do but the difference is like
3: those movies had nothing to do with barely anything to do with that right? but i'm saying if you're a
1: fan of there's still material to be covered you know to to be enjoyed i'm saying if you're a fan of just the movie putting the book aside i guess it's 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 disappointing i would say you know i mean even if you like the movie because there's some kids it's, it's interesting to look at too where you have people like they grew up with those movies you know we're we're older now and we can be like oh that's terrible or whatever like that there's some kids where they grow up like maybe that's like their favorite movie imagine like someone's like oh that percy jackson movie i love that movie as a kid i used to watch it all the time i wonder whatever happened with that they'll never know you'll you never get a continuation well, we're getting another chance we're getting another chance i'm just saying you know as far as continuing the series well it can be yeah. a shame sometimes you know I, you always wonder like yeah, when whenever they pick up a series I feel like Hollywood loves to test the waters, right? They just dip their toe in like, well, we can make one movie and we'll see what happens. If this blows up, great. We got a zillion more we can do. Uh, it's always interesting We hear like, you know, well, when should you stop? Or, you know, I think when the money stops, those movies tend to stop a lot of the times. And none, none, like I said, look, none other than the YA craze of that 2000s there where about every... Young Hunger Games related novel or whatever was getting made into a movie at that point. You, you wrote it, it got made into a movie, TV show, anything like that. But yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of franchises just don't know when to call it quits. But back to the original article, Transformers should have stopped a long time ago. Bumblebee is a fantastic movie, though. You should definitely watch that. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way about it. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. And I know there's another one. uh, The new Beast uh, Transformers, like Beast Wars, is coming. So it's something to look forward to for you Transformers fans out there. Oh, boy. But, again, I want to thank everybody for this episode joining us for The Real Guys Live. It's been great having you all here. Let us know in the comments below. What you guys think? Do you want us to cover some new topics in Episode 6 when that rolls around? If you want us to look at some trailers... Articles, whatever you want to send us, just drop it in the bottom below. We'll make sure we talk about it. Uh, if you have any questions for us, maybe some of our favorite things, uh, shows, movies, you know, we may, I was thinking about doing a QA section. So if you guys maybe want to drop something just in the comments below, uh, maybe we'll open that up and, you know, just have a little conversation, just shooting the breeze about stuff you guys want to hear us talk about. But again, I want to thank you all. My name's Kevin from The Real Movie Guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye see ya if you guys like what you've seen here today consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below if you want to stay up to date with everything real movie guys related make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on instagram twitter and facebook and don't forget all you audio listeners at home we are available on many podcasting platforms just search the real movie guys you should pop right up thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of the real review we are the real movie guys Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.